Yes, sir. And welcome to the road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, but it's about the journey. I want to thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Road to Damascus. And guess what, folks? We got some late, great breaking news. It's actually more than just me and Stefan in the studio today. Let's say hello to one of our co-hosts who has finally decided to come back and join us. Say what's up to the people, Lauren. You know, y'all going to give me some respect. <laughs> hey, it's about time, man. Y'all going to show me some hey, respect. Hey, just, just uh, Stefan, this is Lauren. Lauren, this is Stefan. You, nice you. You, nice you guys haven't met you. You guys haven't met. Um, so, uh, Hopefully, before the end of the year, we can get all four of us on here and uh, have a full show. But that'll be a Christmas miracle. <laughs> you know, I do remember a time that I was on and Stefan was not. Hey, that's correct. She, she's she right. Does, she she right. does have a. Uh, she's got she a point. So I got yeah. one up on yeah, you. Yeah, we do. We do. <laughs> you, she right. She right. Right. So, um, but yeah. So, and say hello to the great Stefan. How are you, Steph? I'm good. How you feeling today? I'm all right. I'm all right. It's good to have you guys here with me today. It's good to have you guys. Hey, Steph, it was funny when I asked Lauren where she had been at. This was her response to me was. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. This that's 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 I said, Lolo, how you going to talk to me like that? <laughs> hey, stop playing, man. You know how long I've been waiting for that boy? <laughs> Bro, every time you hit the button, I be waiting. Like, man, that blue button. Please, blue button. <laughs> fine, fine. But that's what Lauren said to me when I said, why you ain't been on the show? She said, don't worry about it. I'm here today. And I said, you in my business? Don't do that. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, um, but no, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that uh, three-fourths of us are here. So good to have us. I think we're going to have a great conversation for today. So let's dive right into the topic. Um. So I had sent you guys an article. I came across this article. Anybody who's listened to the pod, uh, podcast the last couple of weeks know the name. Um, Carl Luntz has come up um, just through a couple of discussions that we've had. Um, Carl Luntz was the celebrity pastor who was at Hillsongs that got fired after he had an uh, affair had come out that he had had with a woman. Um, and it was all in the news with him being a high profile pastor or whatnot. Um and another pastor had wrote an article in Christianity Christianity Today, and he was just talking about celebrity pastors, but not really even just being a celebrity pastor, but a pastor in general, and how we've elevated pastors to a point that we almost created monsters. So with that being stated, the topic for today is, is it, you could just go titles in general within the church, but have we created a monster with these pastors nowadays? No matter if it's a large mega ministry or it's a small ministry. Ladies first, you up, Lo. Ooh. You know, the simple answer for this is I feel like people have gotten away from what's important, right? The important thing is why are you doing it? Okay. Right? So we all know that. Anybody who says that they're a Christian or they're a believer, you're doing it because you love God, right? Absolutely. You're doing it because you want to have a relationship with God. You have established a relationship with God, and you are doing this because you want to build the kingdom. Absolutely. Now, sometimes I think we get carried away, you know, when I, okay, I'm going to use myself for an example. Okay. Right? All right. My husband and myself, we are youth pastors, right? 
Congratulations. Thank you very much. We <laughs> love the kids. We love the kids. And so in being a youth pastor, it's so important. Like it's a huge role, but you always have to make sure that you're keeping yourself in a position where you always on the up and up. And when you're, some people, when you're used to getting attention or, like, you get a lot of people and they like, oh, yeah, that's such and such or that's such and such, you get carried away and you make it about you and it's not about you. Okay. I got you. And what about you, Steph? How you feel about it? Yeah, no, I, I agree with what uh, I call Lauren Lola. So I think we, if, if you would have been here on the show when me and Lauren was here, I established mm. that. We call her Lolo. All right, yeah, nothing's going to change. So, <laughs> Lolo. so no, um, kind of backing up with Lolo, so I agree with that. You know, uh, nowadays people take titles, and instead of using that title in stewardship, they've exploited those titles to where it's got negative connotations. And people really don't respect a lot of people, and they don't want to even be open with people in leadership because of that. Most people in leadership – they start off with benevolent intent, then they lack humility. Okay, I, I, I can agree with that. I mean, and when I say humility, because I just made a face, <laughs> I say lack of humility, meaning, or lack of empathy, I should say. They forget what it was like to be on the outside starting at the church. No, then you get to a position to where you've got a, 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 a leadership position, and then you forget what it's like for somebody to be on the church. And this is not everybody. This is not everybody. Well, yeah, because I wouldn't even say all pastors fall under this not, category. Not at all. But you you forget what it's to be like to be like a babe or somebody who's out in the world that really needs some guidance. And that's a lack of humility. That's all humility is, to be humble, to say, you know what, I'm actually a leader like Jesus did. Let, you know, let me wash your feet. Let me do, Let me. what do you need? Instead of, I got a meeting, I'm going to need you to bring me some coffee and everything for me to start. No, I've got a, a room full of 10 people in here I'm going to talk to today. Who all wants coffee before we even start? Who wants cheeses? Is anybody hungry? Let me feed these people before oh, I So you're doing continental breakfasts. Basically. Hey, man. Do you hear me? I need hey. to work with him. Right. Hey, hey, do you hear me? That's what I'm saying. No, I got no, you. No, I mean, I can't, to be honest, I keep that same approach at work. Right. Guys that work with me, lunchtime, I'll bring lunch because it keeps the morale up. Right. You well, know? sometimes you have to do things and in, in when you become a leader. Um, and I think, you know, some people get groomed for leadership and some people are natural born leaders. But even when you're a natural born leader, there are still things you have to learn in, in that role to fully acquire leadership. Because me and Lauren were having a conversation before uh, Stefan got to the studio, but we were talking about how some people can be good leaders, but they may lack in certain areas in those areas where they lack, they need to have other people assisting them. But on the flip side, I'll say this, cause we all grew up in church. And when we were coming up in church, the pastor sat on the stage. And when he sat on the stage, he sat in the stage with a big chair. So everybody knew who he was. If your church, um, if you grew up in the traditions of AME, Pentecostal, Baptist, Apostolic, those type of uh, Methodist um, churches, you know what I'm talking about. If your pastor got elevated to bishop, he would get a bishop's ring 
And when it was Sunday dinner, the pastor would sit at the head of the table. He would get the special silverware, the forks. He would be the first one to get served. Everybody else at the church would get plastic spoons and plastic forks. And, you know, if you better hope there's some breasts left because you're going to be eating these uh, thighs. And <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Even though the dark meat is the better. But that's a different conversation for another day. But that's the tradition that we grew up under where – and, and when and now when you sit back and look at it, it's like, what were we a part of? Because we were treating these people like celebrities. And um, for people who live in other states and other cities, we are in the metro Detroit area. And there's a famous church in this area that a lot of other churches came from up under. And I'm not going to say the church name, but Lauren knows the name of the church because she used to go there when she was little. And... Do I know the name? Yeah, you know the name. Um, and the bishop of this church had died, I want to say, late 50s, early 60s. Um, and they would talk about this man still in the 80s, 90s, where you was expecting him to walk through the door the way they talked about him. And if you was younger, you'd be like, man, this guy is a dynamic man of God. And they would talk about him, and then you'd be like, oh, he died 30 years ago. You'd be like, oh, Okay. And it's like we have elevated these people to a position where they feel as though they're celebrities, even if your ministry is even if you're not a Hill Songs like Carl Luntz, but even at your church and your you might have two hundred people and, and and their job is not to serve you. Your job is to serve them. Mm -hmm. Well, um and based off of just the article that you talked about earlier that we all read um one of the things they said in the article is that you lead by serving but i think that even with the leading by serving it's not just the pastors in the church that don't want to serve or that don't want to do anything there are people that come it could be a deacon it could be an elder it could be you could be a worship leader you could be a musician so you're so you're saying titles just Titles in general. Once you get a title in the church, you no longer feel like it's your job to serve, but it's your job to be served. Or you put yourself in this box like, I'm going to do this and this only. This is this is what God Like, well, me I'm the worship leader, so I'm not going to worry about what the youth exactly. is doing. I'm not worrying about what the pastor is doing. That's not my section of the church. It's exactly. almost like a little kid when they walk over a piece of paper. You be like, pick that up. And I didn't. Like, That's not my paper. Right. But the thing is... If we are all the body of God, it's all of our responsibility to make sure it works together as one. It's our responsibility to do that. And I think that, number one, that comes with teaching. Like, when we get in positions, we automatically think the teaching is supposed to stop. Like, oh, I'm here, boom, I don't got to do nothing else. No, you always have to keep yourself in a position to remain teachable. Okay. Because things are always changing. Now, let me say the word of God don't change. That is consistent, guys. Right. But but we we change it to fit our narrative. Exactly. And it shouldn't be like that. Whatever the word of God says, that's what we supposed to do. That's what we supposed to follow. But we get carried away and we want to apply bits and pieces to our lifestyle to make it fit. Yeah. And it doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't. I remember um watching this movie. You guys ever seen The Finger of God? Yes. No. All right, you saw it. I saw it. Lolo, you never saw it? No. 
I'm surprised because no, Pastor, that's that's it. that's right yeah, up Pastor's duh. alley. If you've never seen the movie The Finger Guy, you need to try to find it and purchase it and watch this movie. This movie shows small churches. I'm talking some six member, eight member, twelve member, maybe even some of them are probably as big as sixteen member churches. Real small churches. Nobody has a title. And they literally just worship God. That's what it's about. And when I tell you so many miracles happen at this church and these different churches that this one guy, I think the guy that was on the video was his name, Darren Wilson or something like, I can't remember. You gotta, you gotta watch the, I, 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 this movie is awesome. Like it, it was like some real miracles were happening on this. Like people were getting healed. Some people were falling out with like, Manna was in the Bible. It was all these yeah, different kinds like, of things. It was, um, and it always kept popping gold, up in Exodus. The, the gold teeth popped in the, the gold, people. The, like gold chips were on people. Gold were in the Bible. It was just like some some miraculous things were happening to where change, actual change was happening within these small churches. Now, we got to look at that as examples. We got churches to where some of them are brought up on strictly tradition. Now, we can look back right now. We can look at the chair, and those look ridiculous right now, right? What do you think they looked like to God back then? <laughs> but to us, it was something. So what are we doing right now that actually looks ridiculous to God still? Think about that. Yeah, no, Really that, think that, about it. And yeah. actually, actually, that's why it's extremely important that we get revelation from God on where we need to be. Break traditions. Sometimes go against the contrary. If something is in your mind and you feel like, you know what? I feel like God is leading me to do something different. Go with that. Well, I mean, what well, the Bible says, the traditions of men have made the word of God of non-effect. So we know a lot of the things we do is from tradition. I've often said to people, where's this script that we're supposed to follow that every church follows on Sunday morning? Um, so I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. But back to what we were talking about, even and just for people that are listening, if you want to check out the article, it was on Christianity Today and it was written by a pastor. His name is Rich Villadas. I don't, I'm hope I'm not mispronouncing his name. But again, that was on Christianity Today dot com. His name is Rich V.I.L.L.O.D.A.S. So that's if anybody who's listening is interested in checking out that article. But um back to what he was saying so accountability what 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 does accountability look like in these instances because at the end of the day a lot of these pastors that I've been called from God and a lot of them think that they got a, a double portion of a holy ghost and they got a different holy ghost than the people and and we know um what uh is it second timothy that talks about uh double uh honor for a pastor it's first timothy. first timothy talks about a, a double honor for those in leadership, which I, I agree. It's hard to be a leader. We all know I'm, I'm, I'm a supervisor at my job. Lauren, you're a supervisor at your job. Stephan, you are a supervisor at your job. So all of us knows what, it, what leadership looks like, what it takes to be a leader. So we understand that. Um, so what, what does accountability look like then for these people that are in leadership? Cause a lot of them, even in the article, what did the guy say? He said, I don't like to be told what to do. But who teaches? See, here's the thing. Who teaches you to be accountable? Like, when I say who teaches you to be accountable, I'm saying when anybody gets in a position, a pastor, whoever gets in a position, who is there to hold you accountable? If you if you feel like I'm above everybody, 
if God is the person there to hold you accountable, then who around you can really say anything to you? Yeah, that's a hard issue for sure. Who, right. who can say anything to you? And so that goes back to, I think that we all have to keep each other accountable. But that comes with, when Stefan was talking, I wanted to jump in and say, that comes with unity. Like I was telling y'all, mm-hmm. everybody has to be unified in order to make it work. Yep. It, it doesn't matter. The pastor needs the elders. The elders need the deacons. The deacons need whoever. Everybody needs somebody to make it work. Because as a pastor, you can show up to church, but if nobody else show up, what you going to do? Preach to the ones that's there. But no, exactly. I, 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 I agree. I mean, when you say unity, what do you mean by unity? Unity yeah. is... Take I mean, out, in, the, in in this sense. In what? this sense, right. taking out all the stuff that don't matter. Okay. You know, I think people want, in their minds, they think church is supposed to go a certain way, right? Right. So if the pastor comes and says, this is how it's supposed to go, and if it's something that you don't agree with, you should be able to say to your pastor or whoever is the leader, I don't necessarily agree with this, and this is why. As right. long as it, it 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 matches what the word of God says, then you have an argument. Uh, absolutely. Now that part, now that part, I I will um, agree with you on. I, I feel as though that because I've heard, and not necessarily the church I'm at now because it's not like that, but I've had friends that go to churches, and I'll ask them about Bible study. And they'll tell me that Bible study is basically the pastor just continuing a sermon from Sunday. So you're not allowed to ask questions. What if he's teaching something and you don't agree? I'm like, well, what if you don't agree with the way he's interpreting in the scripture? Do y'all have a discussion about it? Oh, no, 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 no. You never bring that up. I'm like, wait, excuse me? (laughs) You know, like, what you mean? You know, I mean, isn't that what Bible study is for? If I'm in a college, not a lecture, but in a, if study, when I think of study Bible class, class, you ask questions. Uh, I have a question about that. I don't, is that, because when I've read that, I've interpreted it this way, or I've interpreted it that way. Why do you think it means this, that, or another? You understand what I'm saying? So even for you, you not to feel like you can be questioned or that there is no accountability can just be mind boggling to me because you have to, you, you have been elect cause some churches elect people. They, um, like not every pastor started a church. Some churches, um, I have a friend who's a Methodist pastor and they move him from church to church. So it's like the church is already set up and then they'll move him. Like he was, um, he was the pastor of this church right up, not too far from the studio, uh, this Methodist church, uh, off the freeway. Now they done moved him to Flint area. So he's ministering at a church, somewhere up in there. So they move them. So now you're building a new rapport, a new, um, with a new group of, uh, parishioners at the church and things like that. So in those instances, you have to have a set leadership style and, and it can't be about the people. Cause you brought up earlier, Stefan, about Jesus, Jesus, when he went to go wash their feet, what did Peter say? No, 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 no. We should be washing your feet. And he said, no, I need to do this. Because he understood as a shepherd, as a leader, I'm showing y'all what leadership looks like. Leadership is when you, when, when you become a pastor or minister or elder or deacon, you have to die to self 
because it then ultimately come becomes about the people. And if you don't have a heart for the people, then maybe you in the wrong position anyway. Well, mm, Stephanie, you want to no, 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 go ahead. I no. feel like you was going to talk, but I do. No, no. I want to jump in and I want to say, and this is just me talking. No, go ahead. We, we, that's all. I just. think that we get so caught up on the title. Like you are a believer, Stephanie, you a believer. I'm right. a believer. Isn't it our job to do the same thing? Absolutely. That, that our pastor would do or Absolutely. deacon would do. Like we, we all are accountable and we are all held to the same standard. Absolutely. But the division comes in when people start to let the titles get to their head. Like Absolutely. We are all accountable. Absolutely. Like you're a father, you're a husband. You accountable for your household. Yeah. yeah right? But people but people forget those. See, they lose humility, like I said earlier. <clears throat> Excuse me, but they lose that. And by losing that, it people think they've earned a title. You can't earn nothing. They think they've earned the title. No, no, they think they've earned it. So then they th- they feel like they should be esteemed. Right? But if you look at everything like a blessing, mm-hmm. right? Me and Brock talk about it all the time. And I say with my business, I look at it like a blessing. So I have to be a good steward over that because you know what God can immediately do? Take it away. You can take it away. Mm-hmm. So every single time I'm being a good steward over that blessing to be an usher, to be a servant in, at any church because the church is the people. So you're not ushering the building. You're ushering people, which means you should be greeting people with a smile and making people feel like this is heaven on earth. Being a pastor, you're a youth pastor. You got your ki- uh, kids in there that come from different backgrounds. Mm-hmm that are dealing with issues, when they come to your church or when they come and they sit in your presence, they should feel a peace of serenity. They should feel warm and welcoming. When Aunt Mel used to do you club back in the day, I feel A1 I would go here. <laughs> if it was problems at the house, it didn't matter. You clubs, where it was at? Hey, I can use some Elmer's glue. We're going to put something together. And it was beautiful. So it's the exact same responsibility we have at work. Brock, you deal with a lot of people that's at your job. A lot of people call you, and you're constantly creating solutions, constantly. You have to pull away. Somebody calls you at your time, or when you relax and watching a movie, let me pause my movie. (laughs) Hello? You answer the phone? That's that's fine. Even though you want to break your phone, you want to squeeze it and break it. That's fine. One of my guys today at the job, he runs into the wall with the lift. He literally chips the corner, and I see his morale got low. And I'm like, it's no problem. We'll get that fixed. You're doing great. See, it's more important for us to look at the gains instead of the losses and really think about the people that surround us, the people that's contributing, and the people that actually have struggles. It's a lot of people that are struggling in the church, and it's a lot of people that need Christ. So the only way people can look at our lives as examples is if we show them an example. I agree with that. If you're not doing and being an example, and if you look back, because I tell people this all the time, really have empathy and look at yourself. Be what you expect, right? Absolutely. Be what you expect. So look at yourself, and how would you look at somebody that was you? So I try to put myself in the same shoes. How would I want somebody to talk to me? How would I want somebody to react to me? So the same thing, even being in the church, people really need to feel God. People need to know that example. People need to know that everything that you, that's being preached is attainable. Not just, I get to sit on a man-made gold chair. 
I, I get to wear white gloves. I get to get a title. What's bigger than a title? This is much bigger than the title. But don't you think sometimes, I'll ask both of y'all this, that the people at the church foster an environment that allows the people at the church to feel this way? Like you have, I mean, at the end of the day, a pastor is on, the more you start to, so I'll give you an example because I'm got 50 million thoughts going on my head. So I went to a particular church for a course that I was taking for my job. It was um, a course that was being offered where you were learning how to deal with people with mental health issues. It just happened to be the class was being taught at this particular church. So it was a non-church event. This was a non-church sponsor. They were just allowing this group to use the church to facilitate this event because the church is a bigger church. So a lot of the people at the church are involved in healthcare. So they came to the event and the pastor and his wife were there. Now, mind you, this is not a church event. It's a Saturday. We're there. And I mean, the people are treating the pastor like, like, like Michael, J- oh, pastor, like still wanting to do to serve him stuff and all like it's a Sunday or it's a weekly event. So then when we break for lunch, they had like um, a buffet style where you just get your food or whatever. So, I'm, you know, I grab my food. I go, I sit down. And what what happens when I grab my food and sit down? His wife happens to come and sit at my table. So I'm assuming with her coming to sit at my table, he's going to come sit at my table. He comes and sits down. He doesn't get food. They come and bring him a plate from the back with the the cover up, you know, like you see at a hotel when they bring you room service and things like that. And I'm just looking like, you don't have to be pastor every day. Like, I mean, this is just a regular, you, you can't go get the food from the buffet thing like everybody else. So it's like the people at the church are still fostering this environment for him to even feel like that, to do all of that. So I don't want to answer the question with a question because <laughs> I want to. But is it wrong to love your pastor? No, no, no. Uh, like, no, no. Is, I, it, is it wrong? And I'm only saying this because if some of our listeners are listening saying, well, are they saying it's wrong to love No, no, no. Oh, because yeah. it's not. Because no, no. We're not, we not saying it's wrong to love your no, pastor. Yeah, Nobody's saying, saying it's that. It's not wrong to love your pastor. Absolutely. This is not for me. I love right. my pastor. I love, I, me and Lauren had the same pastor. So, I love my pastor. So. I feel like, and this is just me speaking about my pastor because right. he's been my pastor my entire life. Right. My pastor does not want anybody to serve him. At all. So no, no, no. Absolutely. It's it's okay when pastors want to be served. Like, I've been to churches and pastors are served and things like that. But I think it starts to get a little complicated when it's expected. You know, when you expect, oh, I'm going to come in the room and I'm going to just sit down and they're going to serve me. They know what to do. Right. Like, I'm your worker bee. I'm right. not your worker bee. I'm here to assist you. You know That's what I mean? That's a funny word, worker bee. I'm here to assist you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to serve the kingdom of God. Right. And if you are a part of the kingdom of God, then I'm okay with serving you. Right. But I think when the entitlement comes in. So so would you say the situation I gave was an entitlement? I mean, in your opinion. In my opinion? I mean... <laughs> I'll be honest, you, be honest. Well, you don't know what the guy, for me, I would I would just say, well, maybe somebody told him to sit here. 
or like you don't know if it was at his church right and it was people there that he knew they may have said go ahead pastor sit down i'll get right. your food for you you don't well, know i mean but my thing is i could see if like it's like if if i come to your house Mm-hmm. You're going to serve your husband dinner. I'm not expecting you to make me a plate. I'm not expecting you to make Stefan a plate. But I would. But you would because yeah. if you want you want people to feel welcoming into your home and mm-hmm. things like that. All I'm saying is is if there is a a perception, the Bible says if the right hand offend the left, cut it off. I'm not saying see the sometimes I think we do it in the churches we like. We understand as church folks but not everybody at that event is a church person. Mm-hmm. And they see that and they be like, see, this is why I couldn't go to this church or see this is why pastors are this way. So I'm just saying they want to know that on a regular Saturday that you're not bishop so-and-so, that you're not pastors. Because we said it's a title. You still got the Holy Ghost. You still say, I'm just saying, I'm not saying that even when you come into a room and you and you see some people that go to your church, hey, pastor, and things like I'm not saying nothing, but I'm just saying, I get it's. I don't even know if I'm doing the story justice because if you was there, you nah. would have saw it. I love what you say. You get what I'm saying. Yeah, but it's hard. It's it's hard. Like right, like Lolo see. It's extremely hard. You can't please everybody in that regard. Right. Somebody gonna have something to say. Oh yeah. Well, and then yeah. it all starts with knowing that kind of person. If you don't know the pastor, you can't say nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. That pastor might be a well, non-earth pastor, but there is something to take take well, advantage. And even even he he had a. Well, I don't even want to tell this other story because it was something else he did that was just kind of like what. So he, this was before class Spence started. Was killing me, right? <laughs> no, exactly. We were sitting, we were sitting, we were sitting at the table before class, and he came and talked to a couple people who was at my table, and he was talking about um, about this class that they do because the church ha- the church has a school, and he whips out money out of his wallet. He said, yeah, I was talking to so-and-so. He's like, and we talking about that new math. And he started whipping out this money and throwing it down like 20. For, like, he's like, we don't, we don't do, we don't do the dollars or the or the fives. I tell him, no, we don't want that. We do that new math. We want the twenties and the fifties and the hundreds. And I'm just looking like. Well, maybe he was a he was trying to give you a sense of humor or something. <laughs> I'm oh. trying to give him the benefit of no, no. the doubt. Oh, is that that same pastor that had that casino? <laughs> no, just no. whatever. <laughs> I'm just trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. You know that when they come on at 3 o'clock in the morning? You know, they come on down to get some of that casino. <laughs> no, but, and, and and I agree with you, Lauren, because it's a thin, it's, we always say it's a thin line between love and hate. It's a thin line between serving and expectations of being served so that part i agree with but the thing is is i just feel like where is that person's heart at where where are our hearts at as people because i I think i mentioned to you that i look at it as jesus is my shepherd and the pastor is more like a mentor to me someone who is spiritually a spiritual mentor someone who is helping me grow spiritually someone who is um, helping me understand the word, know the word, but I'm looking for Jesus to be my, my shepherd to guide me to be my quote unquote North star. And I think a lot of times we look at our pastors and they get, because we all know the story of Satan in heaven, right? He was the, he was the angel of music. His body was covered in jewelry. And when the angels were worship, the God, light of God would shine through the jewels on his body and the angels were worship. They were worshiping God, but Satan is between God and the angels. So all of a sudden he started getting lifted up like, oh, they worshiping me. 
and I think a lot of times these pastors, because sometimes, you know, that 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 pride that that uh, pride of life, you know, the three ways that we're tempted is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. You standing on that stage and they going nuts every time you speak, and you clearing up, and you and, and when you come to town, the church can't get enough people seats to, for you to come, and all these people want to visit. You start to think that it's about you, and it's no longer about God. So that's why I'm saying. That where is that thin line at? I don't know. That's a tough one. I mean, you understand what I mean, I'm saying? I understand completely. Because you can get because you can get lifted up and start thinking like it's it's not it's about you, like they here to see you. And you know the Bible says our gifts are, are without repentance. So if you got a word in your belly, you gonna always have that word in your belly. Mm-hmm. But when does it become a deterrence where you're thinking that you're something bigger than what you really are? Well, I think that it starts in the heart. So, like, where's your heart at? Absolutely. We can't, like, I'm looking at both of y'all. I don't see your heart. You know what I mean? Only God sees your heart. popping through my chest. You don't see that? No, I don't see it. I only see my (laughs) husband. But literally, only God knows our heart. Absolutely. when it comes down to that thin line, We will never see it, but it's literally up to us. Like the Bible tells us that we need to pray for our leaders. So it's up to us to pray for them. So if their heart is not in the right place or if they are working off of their own flesh and their own wants and their own desires, it's up to us as believers to pray. That's the only thing we can do is pray because us judging them is just as bad as what they're doing. Absolutely. That's a fact. That's a fact. Can I get some clapping? No, I'm just. Oh, you are. You are. <laughs> hey man, that ain't off a request. <laughs> no, no, I'm. I, I, I don't reason because I was really thinking about what she was saying. Like, do I really? You know, I agree. If I agree with that or not, that's why I kind of got silent. I, I was know. just, just taking it all in. You were hitting me with such profound <laughs> words. That message was brought to you by Lolo. All right. <laughs> but yeah, so um, no, I just think that. At the end of the day, I just, you know, and and back to what Lauren said before, we're not bashing all pastors, all ministers, but we know what we've seen when we've grown up. We know um, what still exists now. Um, and, and at the end of the day, people even like a Carl Luntz, if he's asked God for forgiveness and God, for, you know, it's not we're not judging them. We're just putting a spotlight on what are the realities of the church. And that's what I told you we would talk about on Road to Damascus. We wouldn't leave any stone unturned. And we know that a lot of times when it comes to some pastors, that whether your church is 50 people or 500 people or 50,000 people, that a lot of times they can feel entitled to certain things that are, are, is it about the people? Is it about God or is it about you? you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. And you also have to remember that, um, like you said, I think you said it earlier, that some pastors were elected, some pastors just, like, moved into the position. These are also learned behaviors. So if you've never been in a position before or you've never experienced it before. Or the person who was leading you was that that. that way. In, In your mind. And in your behaviors, you're used to seeing this. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to, it's just like a kid. If a kid sees their parent yelling, 
the child will start yelling. They think that's the only way to communicate. Exactly. So these are also learned behaviors. When people when people are trying to get somewhere, or even if if it's a God thing, and you know that God placed you in a position, even like me when I first start singing. I would literally listen to my favorite singer over and over and over and over again. I would try to model what she did okay. until I allowed God to show me who I was. And that's the same thing as pastors and leaders. We sometimes we get caught up in, you know, who we like or who we see or who we've been. You want to sign, you want to, everybody want to, you know, it's like when we grew up. Everybody want to have that wolf. That, exactly. Well, God said, ah, and, and we well, know. Hello. Huh? When you see your husband and you haven't seen him all day, before you even see him, what are you thinking in your head? Like, what am I thinking? Yeah. Like, as far as what? Like, like you, you want, I, is he hungry? Oh, I want, yeah. I say, is he hungry? Have he ate? How was his day? The start of leadership is service. If you feel like you're going to be a leader, do not think that you're going to be served. Prepare yourself to serve. Prepare yourself to serve. If you have kids, you already know kids don't benefit you until they get older. Even you have to they serve. They're liabilities. They're liabilities. You have to, right. yeah, yeah. you have to serve them young in order for them to sprout and then serve you as they get older. Absolutely. Right? If you're going to be in leadership, I think we can all agree that you need to keep the mentality of service. And, I'm going to be an usher because I I have to be able to service people that are going to be walking down aisles. I need to be able to talk to people with kindness. I need to be able to bring a different feel in the church because the first person people see when they enter into a church is who? The usher. The usher. The greeter, actually. The greeter. Or the usher and the greeter are kind of the same. We're right. very different positions. I, I you know. I, you know. What was you about to say? I don't go to church that often. <laughs> 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 hey, hey, you know, I helped hey, you out a little bit. Hey, push you what? to the water. <laughs> hey, no, look. Think about it, though, right? So then the exact same thing with the pastor. I'm not looking to be served. I'm serving people. Okay. I'm delivering a word. There is a word. Right. That is in my belly that I have to get out to give to people. But in order for these people to hear this word, I have to I have to make sure that I'm being open. Absolutely. And honest. Absolutely. To where they can sense that that God is in me and then they can actually be able to take the word in that I'm saying and apply it to their lives. Absolutely. Right. So it's extremely important that you keep that heart of service. Soon as you feel like you're no longer serving and whatever your position is, is serving you, you lost it. You no longer have the heart of leadership. You no longer had a heart of leadership. You have now entered into a different heart issue. And then you'll see a slow decline. But if you keep the same heart of service, what can I do for everybody today? That's when you become creative. You bring new meanings and people begin to appreciate you. They don't esteem you. They appreciate you. Yeah, they, I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I really appreciate I think, what you're doing. You, you've been, you know, every time I see you, you have a smile on your face, you know, and you really blessed me last week because I, I had a rough day and you didn't even, you, none of that. You, as soon as I saw you, 
I just felt a different presence. And I think you can tell the difference between esteem and a fake praise or like a worship type praise or whatnot. Now, one question I want to ask you both, because it mentioned about that the guy who wrote the article, he had mentioned that if you don't meet with your people or you're always looking to run out the back door soon as service is over, that you're not really a pastor, that you're more of a minister or, a, 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 or and he said like, yeah, every once in a while, something you might have to leave right after service. But if you're not making yourself available to kind of just be out there and greet some of the people and you always looking for that back door to leave and nobody has a, a any type of relationship with you. Cause he talked about even that when people request meetings, if he'll use his executive ministers to meet, he often has to stop himself from wanting to just have executive ministers meet with them. And he wants to meet more with people who are influential uh, people within the city, things like that. So it's like, but if it's just um, when I wouldn't even say you, because Lauren, you're a youth pastor. So you're going to get that meat. But what about the parent of one of your kids that's just, you know, wants to have a meeting and not saying our pastor will, but some pastors just be like, "Uh, um, I'll let, you know, Lauren deal with that instead of dealing with ourselves. So do you think that if you say you're the pastor and we call them shepherds, don't you need to be taking care of the sheep? You know, I disagree with that. Okay. This is why I disagree with it. Why? I, I disagree with it because whether it's a big church or a small church, you know, you have different people set in place for different things, right? What if marriage and family, for example, because we talked about the kids, what if that's not the pastor's strong suit? You know what I mean? What if that's not something that the pastor could literally, you know, that's not their specialty? So instead of me saying, okay, I'm the pastor, I know everything, no, I'm going to literally give you someone or refer you to someone in the church that has been taught the same way that I have been taught, and they have the same beliefs, they have, you know, ultimately the same teaching, and they can give you the advice you need, they can pray for you, now, I don't think nothing is wrong with that. And I, th I think those are the minor details that people get caught up on. Because what's the point of you having a youth department or a music department, uh, a youth leader or a um, music department lead or a um, eldership lead or, or a deacon leader if you won't let them play their position? Yeah, but I do agree with Brock. In one instance, too, Lolo, I feel like the people – is what keep that humility. It charges that humility. Absolutely. You meet people and you talk to people and they say, Pastor, that was a good word. I thank God for you. But that's something different. No, no. He's talking about greeting them at the church. Well, and greeting them at to the people. church is, that's one thing. But He said people to eat. So, reword your question, bro. So, so we it, make it, sure it, that we had So, he, he, what I'm basically saying is that the person gets to a point where it's like, like, I agree with you, Lauren, that you got all these people and they need. Hold on, say your question. Be what a question. Okay. He want to answer. Yeah, we yeah, no, no, no. I don't want you to get off of okay. your, your the topic. I got you. No, I just want to make sure that I said it right. So I said, I said that the, the pastor goes through the back door. He never wants to meet with the people. And this is every Sunday. 
yeah, it becomes like a every Sunday type routine. Okay. I.e. like a Carl Luntz. Okay. Carl Luntz wasn't meeting with the people at the church. He might meet with a Justin Bieber. He might meet with the the guy who plays Star Lord on uh Oh, 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 uh Chris, Chris Pratt. Pratt. You know, the celebrities that came to the church, he'd definitely open the door and meet with them, but um anybody else is kind of like uh, you could talk to one of my executive pastors because churches that big have executive pastors, maybe five, six of them. They might do like they try to have like 100 people per one executive pastor or something like that. But what they do is they just go out the back door. And me and you had a conversation, Lauren, before right. about a church that has absolutely the pastor. He preached 15 minutes and then he off to his next church. Absolutely. Now, but see, I was saying, I think I interpreted the question different. Okay. Because when you, when you talked about the youth, then I'm yeah. saying like. Oh, no, no. I just said, I just said that if you called your pastor, you're going to get the meeting because you're a youth pastor at the church. So he knows if you make a call that he's going to answer that call. Now, and and I'm not using our pastor because our pastor is different because everybody has our pastor's phone number and our probably to a amazing. detriment. <laughs> but I'm just saying everybody has his phone number. So I'm not using him as an example, but I'm just saying churches in general, you might have the church that we let, let's use the church you brought up, for instance, Lauren. You said that there is a church where the pastor has seven services on Sunday, mm-hmm. a, a roughly. Each church lasts one hour. Mm-hmm. He only speaks 15 minutes mm-hmm. at each church. Those people, and by the time he gets up and speaks, he's done. He leaves. Why? Because he's going to his next church. Mm-hmm. Those people don't have a relationship with him. Right. And But see, even in that case, that, to me, you don't have the proper team that you need to do. Like, you can't do everything. You can't be everywhere. But I think that... People get so caught up in your pastor, yes, should be available to you. But at the same time, your pastor just can't be available all the time. Oh, no, no. I'm not even saying all because I'm saying he leaves every Sunday. But a lot of people, but a lot of people think that their pastor should be available to them all the time. I mean, I'm going to be honest. If he's their shepherd. But what's the point of having departments then? No, I mean, but if he is their shepherd and he's. It it kind of feels like this almost saying, like a fine. It kind of feels too. like corporate banking to me. You got to have a certain amount of money in your bank account. <laughs> right. Then that corporate banker that actually has the nice suit and tie comes to talk still, to you. you. But if you're a normal, just if you person, if you if you if you a person she's with smirking like, because she <laughs> if you a person <laughs> she's laughing if you a person if you a person with knows, less than five thousand yeah, dollars in knows. the bank then that, you then that, you you just come in and go. No, when but, you start to get over twenty. They'd be like, hey, we have Hold certain up. programs. Would you like to sign? Hold on. So tell me this. So the person walks into the bank and they actually have an elite account. And then the person that's in corporate banking gets up because they somebody to tell her signals them and says, hey, this is. Then I'm, they come up. Is there anything you need? No. Mr. Lauren, Mr. Dave, Mr. The, the banker ain't got to do that. Lauren, no. Who the people who got the but elite point, account? So are. my point is this, though. Right. This is my point. It feels kind of like the same vibe. Absolutely. You're supposed to be a shepherd. If the church begins to get too big to where you cannot shepherd all your flock, right? Then you need to begin to reevaluate. See, uh, uh, a shepherd uses dogs to wrangle the sheep. 
to keep them in line. So maybe the people around keeps them in line, but the shepherd still leads. He's still leading. But just because you're not, just because you're not the person that they're sitting in front of, does that mean you're not leading? No, no, no. no I'm, but, I'm not saying but, that. But a, because you can lead from afar. But right, you guys just said, which I have the number also. Right. But to you, the very same pastor, right? Absolutely. But you and, can leave and from afar. If I call him right now, he's gonna answer. Right. Or and he might if he might not answer, but he's definitely gonna text me or call me back. Oh yeah. But you also have to understand that there are different people are pastors are in different positions. It's some pastors, I mean, that just can't be available. They traveling, they doing this, they doing that, they going like they're going to different churches, they're you know, they might have but, they might have a job outside of. But it's exactly. important. It's important that when you're there, you have that presence. It's like a dad that comes home and he hasn't seen his kids for a while. He's an offshore driller. He comes in. He's gone for six months, but when he's there, he has to be present. I talked to somebody recently that says, "Yeah, they work a lot of hours." Now but that when I agree home, with, when agree they're with home, that. they have to be present. I agree with that. So if if you're a pastor that travels out, when you get back home to your home church. You need to be present. But you also have to keep in mind, too, and this is just mega churches. Right. With mega churches, you may have people that you've never seen before. Oh, yeah. No, no. Absolutely. I think that's our whole point. Absolutely. But, discussion. but, but are but, you accountable for those people? Because technically, those aren't your sheep. Well, that's not well, if you well, if they if they if if you say. We're offering membership class or whatever, and they become a member. Okay, they a member are is your different. Are, but if it's your first Sunday there, oh no 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 no! We talking members. We, we talking members. Oh, okay. I'm not talking. We talking. Oh, we talking members. I thought. I thought. I figured we already knew we was talking members. I thought. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not talking. I'm not talking Betty Sue that just then popped in on a Sunday. I'm talking about member classes and things. Because think about. Let's just use. We just let's say Joel Osteen, huge church. Um, I'm pretty sure when they do new members classes, they probably have a video that they show of him because maybe, maybe not. I, I'm I'm assuming so. Yeah, we are assuming. Yeah, we I don't really know. I don't really know. We don't know, guys. We don't know. But, I agree. <laughs> but I'm I'm. But remember, who was his executive pastor? John Gray was. John Gray was his executive pastor before he took over his own church. You understand what I'm saying? So okay. the, 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 the Sunday service was Joel. The, mon the Monday through Saturday was John Gray. You understand what I'm saying? That's how his name got so big and things like that. So I'm just saying that there, if you go to a church, no matter if it's 20 people or 2,000 people, at some point you should have had a conversation with your pastor. I agree with that. And I'm but not saying it had to be a two-hour conversation. But I don't believe it requires you having a conversation with the pastor every single Sunday. No, 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 no. Because no. sometimes. No. 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 I mean, come on. Sometimes people just want to come because, and talk just because. Yeah. Well, I mean, my thing is this. If if I'm a one going to make sure that my people are designated people. And what do I mean by that? Like the deacons or the elders, whatever. Y'all going to see more of the people in the crowd and notice things like that. So if somebody ain't been to church in a while, the pastor might not call, but I want y'all to call and be like, hey, brother, so-and-so, just checking in on you, hadn't seen you, what's going on. We don't get those type of 
I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Like churches don't even really do those type of things. And if you had a church, like you mentioned earlier, where you got seven different locations, I mean, do they even really have members? Cause a lot of people just say they go there. I don't even know what's their membership set up or how, how that even works at those particular churches. I mean, I have, I mean, I think the church that I used to go to before the church I'm at now has gotten a little bit bigger um, over the years, but I wouldn't even consider that like celebrity or nothing mm-hmm. like that. And, and he was an excellent pastor too. Very accessible. I mean, I've been blessed from that standpoint that I haven't been to a church where um, other than when we were younger, when they had the whole church <laughs> chair with the, the gold chair with the big setup, you know, and had to sit up on stage and, the deacons sitting next to you, like, or the elders, I should say, all sitting oh, up there with them. <laughs> you understand? No, I'm just saying. But no, the church I'm talking about is two churches because it's the one that we went to when we was younger, and it was one that Lauren used somebody to go to when she was name. younger. <laughs> somebody said the name. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody said, said the name. No, somebody said the name. It's the keyword. It's the keyword. But it's not. <laughs> I'm not. You know, I, move keep moving out. <laughs> Stephen trying to get. Yeah. Stephen no, trying to get something. Stephen no, be a mess. No, no, no. Now, didn't I'm we like pray? She, didn't we pray before we started the podcast? <laughs> I let, said, Lord, regulate our minds. We're mind. talking some old, anyways. <laughs> Lord, hey, that's old. <laughs> hey, no, but yeah, no, I got you. But no, I, I just think, and like I said, this, this, this is all based on opinion, and you know. At the end of the day, we're not calling out anybody in particular, but there are just some things that we need to be aware of as members of churches and as spiritual leaders, um, whether you're a deacon, whether you're a youth pastor, whether not just the pastor of the church, because like you said, Lauren, you get these titles and you begin to feel like you're entitled to some kind of special treatment because you have this title and it it shouldn't be that way. So I, I really enjoyed the conversation we probably can go a little bit longer, but we're going to go ahead and close this out. So we're going to go ahead. Ladies first, Lauren. You know, the only thing I want to leave with you guys is make sure, and I always say intentional, but make sure that you are intentional in acknowledging God and talking to God every single day when it comes to your, um, your personal walk. And don't get caught up on what you see around you. Don't get caught up on what you think you should do or what you see other people do make sure that you have that intimate relationship with God that when he speaks you hear his voice and when he tells you to do something you know that it's a God thing and it'll lead you in whatever direction you're supposed to go in hey man go ahead Steph yeah so the topic today right was about um leaders you know and people being esteemed and uh, I, I really think it's important that uh, we pray constantly and consistently that God reveal our hearts to us and remove those areas of wickedness and those areas that may be trying to rise up in us. And usually those are thoughts that we entertain and things like that, like these people should be thanking me and all this kind of stuff that actually rise up in us and create a different attitude and not an attitude of gratitude and, and humbleness and humility. And it that's that's usually what removes us away from the heart of service and serving God, because God is proud and appreciative 
and 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 extremely extremely loving and he's it's so graceful and it's extremely important that we have that same reflection and not that ref, uh, not not to reflect the areas in us that are fleshly issues the areas that we may feel like well I'm doing a lot more and all this kind of is I know those areas can be struggle and um to pray consistently and constantly so Ask the Lord to reveal your heart and to make his heart or your heart, or his heart, your heart, and to continue to change you um, and shape you and mold you and a lot of fruit of the spirit in your life to where these areas can, you can look back like we've looked back at different things that we've noticed coming up and you can look back and say, wow, that was silly, you know, and let allow the Holy Spirit to reveal those areas in you that may be foolish and silly to where you can continue to be used. So that's it. Thanks a lot for that, Steph. Appreciate it. So I'm just going to say that a lot of times the way we have look at pastors, ministers, elders within the church, a lot of times the reflections of their lifestyle, the way they act or the way they don't act can sometimes be um, told that that is the way how the whole church is as a whole. And we have to understand that with great power comes great responsibility. So I just want to leave you with this. The minute that you decide that there is a calling on your life, which we all have a calling, but if that calling is within leadership of the church, that you have to understand that when once you become a leader and once you become someone in charge, you now become a representative for all of us as in the body of Christ. And when you are now that representative for the body of Christ, the actions that you take, the decisions that you make and the words that come out of your mouth, whether you like it or not reflect on us all as a church. So just like when your parents used to tell you, don't go out here making me look crazy. That's how we need to look at ourselves. When we become leaders, we cannot make God look crazy. And if we want our father to look the way he should look, which is loving, caring, and responsible, then we should do the same. So I just want to say we appreciate y'all listening to the road to Damascus. We'll tune in. We wish you guys a tune in next week. And until then, we're out. <laughs>